Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Hey wrestling fans, this is Gary Michael Capetta, and you're listening to the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast with the Enforcer and the Stallion. It's the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. With the Enforcer. I believe they're called Enforcers, Gordon. I sell women's shoes. And the Stallion. Stallion, baby! I am not what you would call a handsome man. I'll kick you in the nuts and you'll smile at me and like it. All night! Oh, One. Oh, fuck it. Welcome back to another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. We are your hosts, Tisa Stallion. I am the Enforcer, and we are here live in the color on uh, 651 on a Friday night, because that's what we do. No days off here at the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. You know what season it is, Joe? uh covid season i was gonna say flu season but you know what's so weird extremely low cases this year but yes it is flu it is covid season but it's also wrestlemania season baby and just like the you know what i was gonna make i am maturing because i was gonna sit here and make a topical somewhat controversial reference about today's political climate and something that happened that might have caused the controversy but i did not make the comment should i make that comment based off of how you've described it i would say no that you should okay. not make that comment does it have anything to do with sammy Zayn? <laughs> actually yes okay all right all right let's move on Oh, yeah, let's just move on. Anyway, what we're going to do here is I like to do during every major pay-per-view, um, well, WWE pay-per-view, that is, go back to the beginning where it all started because as Joe can attest to, there is nothing in the world today that is better than it was in the 80s. VHS, greater than Blu-ray. Cable TV, greater than on-demand fuckery. Movies, then greater than now music skid row guns and roses motley crew greater than bad fucking bunny nothing is good in the year 2021 except for working from home i do like the working from home thing um you're probably saying to yourself why are you behind the banister of the stairs and not where you are in the wrestle kingdom over there 
because I can't plug in a fucking charger. And that's life. But aside from that, man, we're uh, we're live in living color. As I stated, we're going back to roots. We're going back to WrestleMania one. I have completed uh, one, two, three, and I'm halfway through WrestleMania four. And we're going to do a little bit of a hashtag retro review today of WrestleMania one. Spoiler, not a good fucking show, Joe. Not very enjoyable. Is that safe to say? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's fair to say that at this particular point, obviously being the first WrestleMania, it's 1985, right? So actually the year Miami Vice debuted. There you go. It's a great year. Great year for everything. So I think that that in part, you know, they were still figuring out the formula of WrestleMania the first couple of years that they were doing it, right? In terms of the location, how they wanted to present it, um, you know, over the years, making it feel like a bigger and bigger event. So really what WrestleMania 1, I, I think, is when people watch it, it, it took, takes place from Madison Square Garden, of course. And it's a show that's really... You know, they used to run the garden very frequently back in those days. Uh, so they were always there. There was a lot of, there was a great fan base there. And the presentation of it was really kind of almost like a standard MSG house show, but with a lot of celebrities involved, right? So Mr. T, Cindy Lauper, uh, Muhammad Ali, Liberace, Billy right. Martin, um, right. you know, whatever, <laughs> any, any, anyone others that I'm missing. But, um, so I think that's kind of what made the difference. But as we go through and talk about it, you know, the presentation was just kind of like they go to Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura just kind of standing at ringside with the microphones. And, you know, then Lord they- Alfred Hayes in the back was an awkward spot because like wrestlers are walking by him and he, he was just like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> you know, and like the, it was that, that was tough to watch. I mean, listen, anytime you start anything, you know, look at the first COVID era show until now you you figure shit out, right? That's kind of just the, uh, the way it is. And I think WWE clearly and very quickly figured out, you know what my favorite WrestleMania was out of the first four, three, four. four. Okay. I just think Trump Plaza was a great venue for wrestling, especially the stairs marching. I know we're going off on a tangent, but Warriors to the ring down fucking like 80 stairs the dude was blown up before he got halfway but just love the trump uh the the trump plaza <laughs> i'm just gonna clip that and just <laughs> says, love the trump and just leave it <laughs> that'll be good <laughs> but no i do agree completely with the like the setup because i think that's something that's really missing in the more recent set of wrestlemanias because I'll, some of the ways that at least in my head that i identify wrestlemanias are based off of the main events, but also kind of a location and where it was done. So like WrestleMania three in the silver dome, uh, WrestleMania four and five at Trump Plaza, right? WrestleMania six was in the sky dome. Um, they had WrestleMania nine at Caesar's palace, right? The ones that were at the garden, even if you get up to some ones like WrestleMania 19 was at Safeco field. Um, you know, they did some more uh, th- things that, but once you got to like the twenties, like the mid to late twenties in terms of WrestleMania's, they all seem the same, right? It's all this very similar setup with the big pillars by the ring posts and everything. So it's, it's hard to really differentiate stuff. And I think back then uh, they used to mess around with the different setups and how wrestlers would come out to the, to the ring. And uh, they don't really do that as much anymore, which I think is, which kind of stinks, but, um, but yeah, I think there's certainly aspects of this that they improved upon uh, pretty quickly. I think after, once they got past WrestleMania two, I think they had figured something uh, yeah, to me. That's a, which is weird to me because I feel like compared to the NWA, like Starcade 83 
Starcade 84 were a little rough around the edges. I think the quality of the in-ring product was far better than anything WWE did. And that's not to, I'm not trying to be an, an NWA mark, which I clearly am, but you know, there was more of a presence like at, at Starcade, you didn't have Liberace. You had uh, Tully Blanchard try to murder Magnum TA. Like it was more in ring. It was gritty. It was that like dark smoky arena with the, the fans were blocked off. And like the light was just on the arena, like the old boxing matches. So it really depends on what you like, but definitely standing the test of time, one and two, not so much. Three and on were the ones that really picked up on. But, you know, I'm, I'm not here for a long time, Joe. I'm here for a good time. I like the, um, I like the, uh, the nostalgia feel, right? I, I like the nostalgia. So, yeah, I do it well. And like we said, taking place in MSG, uh, the first show, I think, you know, adds a little bit of that to it. And the thing is the show itself, when I, when I turned it on, on the network, uh, you know, it only clocks in, I think it like less than two and a half hours. So there's only just looking at the results here now, uh, going back through it, there's only two matches that were longer than 10 minutes. So it's a very different than what we see today with these, you know, now, this year's WrestleMania, last year's WrestleMania take place over two nights. Before that, they were going for like six hours. So it's very different um, than back then. But uh, I think if you're ready, I am ready to dive into the card for WrestleMania 1. I am also ready to dive into the card for WrestleMania 1. But I want to remind everybody, if you're looking for some uh, some merch, some clothing, some all night long podcast merch, you haven't found it yet. But I want you to go to our friends over at Born Scum Clothing Company. Check out their uh, all their releases. They just got all of their hats back in stock. If you're fed up with life, and maybe not so much life, if you're fed up with people, like you turn on the news and you want to fucking bash your head against the wall, or every story like that you hear from people makes you mad, and like you're like everybody sucks in life, and you want to express that, Born Scum Clothing Company. They make some great stuff. Positive but pissed. Check out um, their site over at uh, bornscum.com, at bornscum, I think clothing, I'm not, I'm not sure. Just, just Google it. Just fucking Google. And use our promo code all night long. You get 10% off. Their hats just dropped. Everything fits a little bit snug. So going to size down. But Born Scum Clothing Company, really good stuff. But without further ado, let's get into WrestleMania 1, bro. All right, man. Well, so the first match on the show and a trivia question for anybody out there who likes to play wrestling trivia with their friends. The first match to ever take place at WrestleMania is Tito Santana versus the Executioner. Um, I don't know much about this Executioner fellow, but I do know that he said before the match that he was going to attack the leg of Tito Santana. And I feel like giving away your strategy right before you walk out to the ring is probably not the best idea. But, um, you know, that's what they went with. And Tito Santana, who was, looks, I believe, based off of what occurred after the match and during the match, still embroiled in a feud with Greg Valentine over the Intercontinental Championship, uh, was victorious in this match in a little bit less than five minutes. So how did you feel about this as the opener? Um, The match itself wasn't that long, but just, I guess, to kick off WrestleMania, how, how do you feel about it? Uh, the Executioner was played by Playboy Buddy Rose, in case you're wondering. I did not know that. I just looked that up. So that was uh, news to me. You know what? Tito Ortiz uh, is good no matter where he is. He's solid. What? I said Tito Ortiz. I said Tito Ortiz. I fucking hate Tito Ortiz. Huntington Beach Bay. Dude, so you're going to clip the Trump thing and you're going to clip the Tito thing? Fucking, what are you going to do? Photoshop like a MAGA hat on me? I'm going to be the. 
Dude, you yeah, know who's going to come after me soon? Disney. With the way I'm going, Disney's going to they're going to yeah. cancel me next. Oh uh, no, sorry, Tito Santana um, has been solid, and you know he's a guy that you don't realize how, like how long his career was, right? I think he started in, like the mid '70s, um, he, and he's he's not going to be in a bad match. He had matches in the early '90s with Shawn Michaels, um, everything he did in the '80s, especially with Greg Valentine, who's a guy I definitely want to get into a little bit um, earlier, but. Tito Ortiz, the right call to get the Duke here with the flying jalapeno. I said Tito Ortiz again. <laughs> this is excellent. Tito I'm Ortiz, enjoying it. Tito Santana. And luckily Tito. for you, Tito. this is not the last time that Tito Santana will appear on this show. So we get to bring him back up again later. But yes, I think I just, again, I, I, the only thing I can really add to what you said is, uh, is, you know, I think it was a, a short opening match. It was, uh, you know, it was, it was lively. And Tito is a guy, I think, to get the crowd, you know, worked up uh, early on in the card. He was very popular at that time, as you mentioned, as a babyface. So I thought that was a, a decent way to start the show, even though the match was pretty short. Um, speaking of short matches, however, we have the match that for a long time stood as the record as the shortest match in the history of WrestleMania. And that was King Kong Bundy defeating Special Delivery Jones. Um, that sounds like something Taz would say on dark, by the way, SD <laughs> Jones. Now I, one thing I want to say, I just, or bring, ask you as we get into this one, I didn't remember, or I just forgot because I'm old that King Kong Bundy was managed by Jimmy Hart. Uh, at this time, I, I really, I only picked up wrestling in 88 or 89. So I was kind of more familiar with Bundy with Bobby Heenan. Uh, I did not remember that he was with Jimmy Hart, but he won the match officially in 25 seconds. Yeah, I think it was definitely longer. Um, oh, the, the, they said the kayfabe time is nine seconds. Right. That's right. what they said it was. There's no way it was a nine-second match. You know what was weird to me, too? <laughs> what, you saw Chance go upstairs? Yeah, go yeah, sorry. It's the best. He's so sick of my shit. Um, I thought it was strange how they gave SD Jones some promo time before the match, only for him to get squashed in nine seconds. I think he said, we're going to get down Monday, like three times. And then they just, you know, got squashed. Uh, I have a soft spot for a King Kong Bundy. I really do. Like I, when I went back and I, we'll get to WrestleMania two at some point, but like, I thought he had a far better match with Hogan than is remembered. And that dude could move for uh, a big monster. So I was totally okay with it. The look was cool. Um, and the five, dude, the, the, the five counts. So it was so good. Um, but it was whatever. It was an eight, 23, five second squash. Well, what are you going to do out of it except for Bill Bundy? But if you want Bundy to main event WrestleMania two, cause at that time I would assume they probably booked that far ahead, right? Like that's, I think so. I, I would think that they had, but given that there weren't really any other pay-per-views at this point, if they were going to book those feuds, they would, he would probably, I assumed Vince or whomever else was involved would try to line up the challengers for the champion um, down the road. So I, I, I believe that you are correct in terms of trying to get King Kong Bundy a strong win on this show so that they could use him down the line for a title feud. And they, had, they, they booked him strong the entire way through it, especially with the way he destroyed Hogan on Saturday night's main event. So I have no problem. If you're going to tune into WrestleMania one, you're going to see this just human mountain literally destroy a dude in eight seconds and set a record. It was fine. It was fine for what it was. Next up, we have Ricky Steamboat uh, in a match at WrestleMania one, which I also did not remember until I watched the show against a pre doink Matt Bourne. Uh, This match went a little less than five minutes as well. And 
I guess he's more just like a showcase for Steamboat at this point in time, uh, putting him over, born cleanly. Um, he's He was the star, I think, that they were going to try to build towards or around in this period of time. And uh, that I think that's really the only thing I could say about this match other than, uh, you know, other than it was, it was fine. It's a Ricky Steamboat match, so it's not bad, but it was less than five minutes. So what, you know, what can you do? Yeah, it was, it was okay. Uh, I think Bourne looked, uh, Bourne looked a little rough around the edges and even the flying body press that got the win wasn't, uh, wasn't great, but it was an elongated squash for the old steamer as they would refer to him. Ricky yes. the Dragon Steamboat. So next is one of the matches uh. that, it took longer than it took longer than ten minutes. And I don't know why, um, because it was terrible. Actually, it was Brutus Beefcake with Johnny Valiant um, versus David San Martino with his father Bruno San Martino. This match went almost just under twelve minutes and ended in a double disqualification. And to me, the whole purpose of the match was to build to the end when Bruno would get into the ring and, and do something and fight off Johnny Valiant. And that was pretty much, that's pretty much what it seemed like its purpose was to me. So I don't know why they decided to take 12 minutes to get there unless they really felt like David San Martino was someone that they were going to, you know, push and build around the future, which ended up not happening. Uh, I'm sorry. His name is luscious Johnny V. So if we're going to call him that, let's, Oh, okay. I, I don't have my glasses on today, so I apologize. Uh, yeah, dude, this fucking sucked. Um, this was and this was really, like, really fucking bad. Like, bad. Like, I was so mad. Whoever booked, you give Steamboat four minutes, and you give Brutus Beefcake, who couldn't carry a towel, a incredibly green David San Martino. So how do you like? It was weird because is it because uh, he's Hogan's? Uh, I don't want to say <laughs> friend. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> Hogan's friend. Um, which you don't need to give him eleven minutes to get. You know, he's going to get the rub from Bruno. Which you know, Bruno and MSG is like is Jordan in Chicago. That's that's his home. He's uh, he's he's godlike there. But you're right. Twelve minutes. You know how much fucking uh, how many other things I could do in twelve minutes and watch a Brutus a fucking barber beefcake match? He sucks. I feel like so. I I we don't we probably shouldn't do we we probably do a whole show on Brutus Barber Beefcake, but he's not. This was pre Barber. At this point in his career, I don't think he was not good. Uh, I, I admit that. I'm a fan, and he was not good at this point in time. He, you like Brutus? You really like a Brutus guy? I when I first started watching. In, I think 89, I believe was the year I started, started watching. He was one of my favorite wrestlers when I was watching at that point in time. So I, I thought he was okay in that period of time, um, like the 89, you know, 88, 89, 90. Um, but but yeah, watching was, his stuff before that, it was not good. No, it was bad. But like when he was tagging with Hogan, he held his own. I, I would agree with that. But this yeah. sucked. Uh, he was it, 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 it was a double disqualification, right? Double DQ. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Speaking of work over way to fucking get him over. (laughs) Speaking of work rate, the junkyard dog challenges for the intercontinental championship against Greg, the hammer Valentine. He has Jimmy Hart in his corner. This match goes just under seven minutes. It ends by count out. So they protect the JYD uh, by having him win by count. Now this one was a little bit weird, I think. And I'm trying to remember the sequence. You can maybe help me out here. Uh, Valentine got a pin here, but 
Tito Santana would come out and convince the referee to restart the match or continue the match. And Greg Valentine just never got back in the ring and was counted out. So I believe that's how this all unfolded. So they tried to protect the junkyard dog while keeping the title on Greg Valentine and continuing his feud with Tito Santana. If I told you this finish was happening today on raw, you wouldn't be surprised. So it's like not much has changed uh, from 36 years. Uh, I have a, a, and a much I have an appreciation now for Greg Valentine much more than I did um, back then and even watching like up to four like I said I'm doing um, you know what Meltzer called the junkyard dog right during this era say that again you know what Meltzer called the junkyard dog no, I don't want to know do I want to know he would call him the junk food dog because uh. that's so out of shape which is sad to say but like apparently I've never seen it so if anybody out there um, has he was a hell of a worker and like the earlier years pre 85 um i didn't know that all i know is the jyd that was here and then even had a cup of coffee in wcw in like early 90 91 whatever might have been um but yeah like valentine's a champion give the guy give the guy a solid win have him beat down jyd after then have tito come out that's fine you don't need the champion to run away i mean i guess you're you're that whole uh, can't lose the title on a count out thing. You're kind of really shoving that down our throats, but I'd rather him just uh, get a win there. I think uh, mid South is where I, I, heard, I haven't seen it. Right. But I've heard that in the mid South when under the, uh, the direction of Bill Watts, I believe it was when JYD was like their biggest star at that point in time. So that may be the period when he had some good matches, but I'm sure there's some on the network. I have not watched a lot of mid South. Let's just, Leave it at that. So the next match, I, I so this next match, the tag team championships. I like this match. I thought it was. I thought it was good. It is the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov with Freddie Blassie challenging the U.S. Express of Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo with Lou Albano for the WWF Tag Team Championships. Another match that didn't go very long, just under seven minutes. But I thought that the heat for the match was good. Uh, Sheik and Volkov playing the foreigners. Um, the crowd was oh, very. Oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Playing the what? The, f- the foreigners. Can you? Oh, Am I allowed to say that? I don't know. It's like when Jim Ross said Oriental the first week on Dynamite. That, yeah, I don't think that, I don't think you could say anymore. I don't think, I don't know. Isn't the Oriental Wrestling Federation like a thing? It is. Well, yeah, maybe, it could be. You told me I couldn't say Oriental, so uh, we can keep going. Anyway, so... Uh, yeah, I thought the match, even though it was relatively short, had good heat to it. Um, the wrestling was perfectly acceptable, and the heels ended up cheating to win and became the new <laughs> the new WWF Tag Team Champion. So what really good heat for this, I thought. The match itself was solid for the time that they were given. Um, I like this. Yep, it was my match of the night. Spoiler. Um, listen, Barry Windham, Mike Rotundo, Iron Sheik, and Nikolai Volkov. Nobody's going to accuse Sheik in 85 of being the best worker in the world, but they had heat. Um, Nikolai Volkov singing the national anthem, got heat. Windham and Rotundo can work circles around anybody. For six minutes, it was really all action. Um, the finish was – had the crowd angry. Definitely had some uh, people throwing some shit in the ring, but uh, I, I was a fan of this. I admittedly have not seen a lot of the U.S. Express, um, so I, I would love to see more of them. But, the, you know, it was a, a really good match in a time that stood out 
for not having good matches on the card. There you go. Next up, we have the Body Slam Challenge. It is Andre the Giant, babyface Andre the Giant, putting his career on the line against Big John Stud and $15,000. So if Andre wins, he gets $15,000. If Andre loses, he has to retire. Uh, Bobby Heenan was managing Big John Stud at this point. Match goes just under six minutes. Um, I think these types of matches are tough just because it seems very anticlimactic, at least watching it in this day and age when it's like, okay, you just got to body slam the guy, um, especially for two big guys, right? So if it was something where there was a, a regular sized man, perhaps, and a large guy, and there was something going there, but both of them are pretty big. Um, so to me, it wasn't like not believable for Andre to slam big John Stott. I would expect him to be able to do so. Uh, and he did, and he won the match and he won $15,000. Yeah, and it's tough to get heat on each other. Like when you're both that big, like that's kind of like how do you, you know, without cheating. The best part of the match was Heenan Tate grabbing the bag of money and doing that bump at the end before it was <laughs> everything Bobby Heenan did, especially in 85, 86, 87, 88, 90. Everything Bobby Heenan ever did was great. But him as the heel manager here, just getting the money and just taking that crazy bump over the top rope was so good. The match sucked, but it was more of an attraction than a match mm -hmm. at that point. Let me ask you this for sake of comparison, better or worse than Big Show versus Aki Bono in a sumo match? Okay, so if I could put them in order, it would be Andre versus Stud. Mm -hmm. Then next week's announced Shaq versus Big Show. Then Big Show versus Aki Bono. No, no. Big Show is i know we don't we haven't talked about current stuff but you know the aw signed uh paul white who you might know is the big show and i think a big show shack match now would be better than ever before because if you look at the big show he's like a hundred pounds lighter than he was he was in his quote-unquote prime so and i mean he was oh correct he was like way overweight when he rest when he fought aki bono right he was like a I think so. I mean, there was a, there was a period of time after he got to the WWF that he gained some weight and was not in great shape. Uh, so this, that was probably during that period of time, but anyway, just wanted to get your thoughts on that uh, for sake of comparison, the body slam challenge and the, uh, the sumo challenge. Um, the semi main event is for the WWF women's championship. It is Leilani Kai managed by the fabulous Moolah versus Wendy Richter with Cindy Lauper in her corner. And uh, this one, again... Oh, middle of the night, my body. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh-oh, wanna have fun. Again, not a long match. It was just okay. over six minutes, but we have a new WWF Women's Champion in uh, Wendy Richter. I think... Now, I'm not a wrestler, Mike. I've not been trained in professional wrestling. I don't know the ins and outs and the mechanics of how things are done. But I think I the finish was botched. I think the finish was botched. Uh, yeah, you know, it almost looked like she had trouble rolling through with that. It's, yeah. uh, I, it, 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 Joe, it was bad. It was unfortunate. It, bad's an understatement. If you like, she took the cross body block and then she's like, Oh, I got to roll through. And then she's like, eh. you know, it's like, it was a, uh, it was a rough one. Uh, everything about this match sucked. Um, but 
I'm just saying. <laughs> Calling a spade a spade. Don't worry. When we get to WrestleMania 3 and 4, it's going to be rousing reviews. But this sucks ace. It was terrible. Fair enough. And finally, the main event of the first ever WrestleMania. Again, something, a trivia question. Hopefully, many people out there don't know what the answer is. It is Hulk Hogan and Mr. T with Jimmy Snuka in their corner versus Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper with Bob Orton in their corner. So a lot of stuff going on here. I don't even know where to start. Billy Martin, former Yankees manager, does the ring announcing. Liberace comes out and does a... Does the can-can? Something with the Rockettes, I believe, or I I believe, I don't know. Um, And I believe is the timekeeper, I'm, I'm going to say. Um, Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali, uh, as a special referee, Pat Patterson, the other referee. Yes. Uh, the actual in-ring referee for the match. Um, and yeah, so this is a, okay. When I started watching this match, um, something that I thought to myself and I've been thinking about more and more over the years, as I watch more things and, you know, historical stuff on the network is I did not appreciate Roddy Piper nearly enough as I should uh, again, because I picked up wrestling in 1989. So he would kind of, it was past his original run at that point. He was a good guy when he came back. Um, I didn't really get to enjoy this stretch of time where Roddy Piper was the biggest heel in the business, or at least in, in the WWF at the time. And uh, he is just a, uh, a magnet for, for heat. Uh, the crowd is all over him. Um, and Orndorff and Orton, um, the Mr. T thing again, was a celebrity deal, but he's, he's an, he's athletic enough where it's not like he's somebody that is an actor coming in. You could, but you believe that he's a tough guy, um, you know, teaming up with Hogan and all that. So the popularity of Hogan, of course, at this time was through the roof. So people were going nuts for it. And, uh, the end result was Bob Orton inadvertently hitting, Paul Orndorff with the cast and Hogan getting the pin and Hogan and Mr. T were victorious in about 13 and a half minutes. Mr. T was so blown up in this match. It, uh, it was hilarious, but he did his job. You know, what's funny. You don't realize how small Mr. T is and he's not small, right? You don't realize like how the difference in size between wrestlers then and like a Mr. T until he gets next to Hogan. You're like, Holy shit. I will say uh, Pat Patterson, Told a funny story on WWE uh, Roundtable, whatever that, that it was an app. It was the channel they had, the 24 7, I think it was called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said um, they worked Ali into a shoot when Piper and Orton and Orndorff were making fun of him and goading him on the outside. He tried to run in the ring and actually fight them. And Pat <laughs> Patterson actually had to hold him back. And he's like, oh, it's part of the, you know, it's part of the thing. It's part of the thing. But Ali's not the type of guy to kind of joke like that, I, I guess. So, um, Listen, it did everything it had to. You had Cindy Lauper on this show from the Rock and Wrestling Connection. You had Mr. T. Like Vince was like, I, I, Vince Senior was alive at this point, right? I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right, but I, I have to look. I'll look while you're talking. I, I'm pretty sure they were just like, listen, how much money do you need to make this a success? Throw it at every fucking celebrity you could find. Muhammad Ali, an icon, cultural icon. Um. Like, oh man, you know what my favorite thing is? 721 work teams messages. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Friday night. Woo! Um, yeah, 
Muhammad Ali, Mr. T in the same ring. Mr. T, a team was, I mean, must see television at this point. Everything the WWE, WWF wanted to do, they succeeded. Was it a five-star classic in the Tokyo Dome with uh, Go Shizaki? No, it wasn't. But you got people looking to it. You got people tuning into it. And Hulk Hogan was uh, a real-life superhero. So the match had enough, as Pat Patterson would say, gaga to get past what we don't have. And you had workers in the ring like Orndorff and Piper. They could do it all, man. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was entertaining to watch, if nothing else. And just like Vincent J. McMahon uh, passed away a year before uh, in 1984. So he just, he just passed away. He uh, ran the company up until 1982. So that, that was, I guess that was when he sold it over to, to Vinny, Vinny Jr. And, uh, but he was, he was not there. Would fire people during a pandemic. I, you know, I don't know. I'd probably have to look up. The this sp- yeah. When did the Spanish flu happen? <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, oh, so you can't say that. You can't say that. What do you mean I can't say that? That's Apparently. what it's called. <laughs> anyway, regardless, give me your rating for WrestleMania 1 out of 10. Oof. Uh, I'll go with a 5 because I like the tag match, the tag title match, that is. Uh, I liked the main event. Um, and I think there was like, you know, there's one or two other matches in there. The Santana match was okay. There's some stuff on there that's not terrible, but there's some stuff that's bad. So to me, it's a very mixed bag, you know, especially it is the first WrestleMania, but it does have some nostalgic value, as you mentioned earlier. So I'm going to go with five out of 10. Yeah, I was grading it on the nostalgia factor at first. And then I, I looked at the competition, what the competition was doing. And if you compare Starcade 85 to WrestleMania one, I mean, it's, it's really night and day um, to me. So I went with a 4.5 um, and my mat- match of the night she can walk off defeating the U.S. Express. Um, all good workers in that. What was your match of the night? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. I think that the tag title match was my favorite match of the night, just overall from the in-ring work, the story, the uh, the reaction of the crowd. Um, that was that was my match of the night as well. Yeah, um, and like we said, you know, we're going to be doing this for a couple of WrestleManias. Let's just do 36 podcasts in a row, just all the way up to WrestleMania 36, Joe. Can we do last year's WrestleMania next? No, in order. So, you know, we'll stop at like six. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my go-to. Every year I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch them all in a row and I'll get to like, I don't know, 19. I'm like, that's good. I kind of have, you know, because like you said, once you hit 20, does the nostalgia wear off at 20 for you? Is that what it is? Um, you know, I think it wears off for me at 25. Okay. That's, that's where it wears off for me because, and I, I guess probably a bunch of reasons for that, but uh, like we were saying before the setup of the show, it seems very similar to me from 25 on um, tw- 25 was the first year after Ric Flair had retired. Um, and like, so there's just, I, I don't know. There's just a lot to, to me that like, there was still differences in the shows leading up to that point. They were still building new stars. I felt like with Cena and Batista the couple of years before. And then after that, it kind of just became a more, you know, we're selling the show based off of the name, like it's WrestleMania. That's having the show to have the show. You're not having the show to showcase Hogan Andre. You're having the show because it's WrestleMania. Like what they're doing now with like Elimination Chamber or like Hell in a Cell. Like you're not having that match to have the match for a reason. You're having that match because it's on the docket, if you will. So, and I think it's blatantly obvious this year with their booking going into WrestleMania, they have no earthly idea what they're doing and they're not booking you know for the show but 
that's still 20, 25, 26 WrestleManias you can enjoy. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of uh, the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. Will it be a WrestleMania show? Will it be an interview? It's possible. Will it be a mailbag? Ask the Stallion. That's, dude, that's a good idea. Ask, ask Stallion some. That's ass. Oh, ass, yeah. Ask Stallion some stuff. Ass. Ask Stallion stuff. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. If 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 one person submits a question, I will be happy to answer it on the show. <laughs> if anybody submits any questions, I will be happy to answer them at any point in time. So, well, listen. If anybody else goes back into the archives like we do, into the annals of WWF history, and you watch the uh, no, not not annals, the annals of WWF history, and you watch from the beginning, um, and you watch WrestleMania one. Let us know if you think it stands up, or if it's just us looking through. Uh, you know, we're not necessarily looking back with rose-colored glasses here. We're kind of calling a spade a spade and basing it on uh, like looking at the show in a vacuum, uh, which might not be fair, but. It's not an easy watch per se, but if you think it is and you disagree with us, let us know on social media at all night long WP everywhere you social media, facebook.com slash all night long WP, all night long WP on Instagram, on Twitter. And every time I've been looking at the camera, I see Michael Myers over my shoulder. And I feel like uh, just kind of scared the shit of me a little bit, but um, yeah, let us know uh, what you think of WrestleMania 1 or what you think of WrestleMania 2 or if there are any WrestleManias we're like, yeah, hey, I really want to hear you guys <laughs> let's, uh, talk about them like that one guy <laughs> to do uh, <laughs> the fuck was that show? What was the UK <laughs> well, let's wrap it up that's it for another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast we're your hosts, he's a stallion I'm the enforcer and we're tapping out